Okay, cool. So the, here's you know the big update today is that we are going live. Uh, for many of you guys who've been with us since the very beginning, this has been in an insane like journey. I mean, first it was build your own blockchain. So let me just kind of just recap these little steps here. So we built our own blockchain. Um, it's an L1 blockchain. It's 100% proof of stake. Um, we just cleared uh, our audit with Hacken. We're going to be posting that to the website. Um, we're going to have a little badge that says, you know, uh, approved by Hacken. The reason that's important is that is the number one blockchain auditing firm in the world. It's also the toughest audit um, that a blockchain can actually go through on the planet in the past. So that was amazing. We got all signed off on that. Um, and then uh, we got our license. Okay, so we, we got our license from uh, Canada to actually have our own exchange to launch Index Coin on. So now we have our blockchain, we have our own exchange, we're a licensed entity for that. And then the last step was to get a bank account. And as we are, um, as we're getting our exchange license, we see the FTX collapse. As we're getting our banking account. Um, we see the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, and Silvergate. Now, what's interesting is each one of our attorney groups was telling us to go to Signature Bank and uh, Silvergate. And if we would have done that, I mean, this thing would have been dead in the water before we even started. So you, you, we see the hand of God protecting us, uh, protecting this vessel, protecting us in the midst of all this financial turmoil and moving us to the direction that he wants to go. So this update is to really just take some things head on. I'm not reading from a script and I didn't prepare any notes like I normally do. And I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to say. And he said, just let me speak through you. So let me just come out first and foremost by saying that Caitlin and I are being charged in a civil charge uh, from the Colorado Securities and Exchange Commission for basically selling millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency that is deemed worthless by the state. Now, the reason that they're seeing that it's worthless is because there is no exit for people who have bought. So everyone that's watching this, who has put money into this, who wanted to take money out, you've been unable to do that. We launched an exchange, the exchange technology failed, things went downhill. And from that point forward, we've just been we've just been waiting on the Lord, literally for a miracle. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. The reason oh, it's deemed man. worthless is because. It's Welcome to Wetwired. I'm Julian Paul Butt. I'm Sean Andes. Christ Cryptocurrency is on trial in Colorado. Eli and Caitlin Relegado have been accused of creating a worthless crypto coin and exchange with Jesus-themed branding that took about $3.4 million from investors and left them holding the bag. In less than a year, we had the rise and fall of Index Coin and Kingdom Wealth Exchange. Jesus will not be showing up to these hearings. Well, and, and neither is Eli Regalado. 
because <laughs> he, he decided to... Di- spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give away the ending. <laughs> but first, Sunday, just yesterday, we had elections in El Salvador. Uh, speaking of the savior, uh, we have Bukele. Our our most popular dictator, or what does he call himself? The, the world's most popular the, dictator, I think. No, 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 no. He no, he calls himself the coolest dictator. The, the coolest in the dictator world. in the world. That's what it is. He changed it though. He, uh, now his uh, his Twitter bio says philosopher king. <laughs> the forty two year old millennial who's known for his backward hats. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, and putting and putting people in prison without trial. And of course crypto he he just had an election for his or i'm sorry it was is a re-election yesterday which according to el salvador's constitution is unconstitutional right because they have a they have a provision in the constitution that says you can you you can't have sequential terms so he could have stepped out and then run again after another president ran and held the office and then it would have been totally fine, but instead he decided, let's change it. And and what's effectively uh, the equivalent of a Supreme Court justice who was one of his buddies said, let's just interpret this differently. Yeah, well, that's what they did is that <laughs> since he's been off in, in office, Bukele has and, and his party, the New Ideas Party, they the, this this political party, because he was part of this like kind of like, you know, left wing ish type uh, political party, and then he did, he ran uh, initially under that party, and then like started his own political party, and has been going with this one since then. And as you know, and, and basically just shaking up all of politics in El Salvador, uh, and people are you know are receptive to this idea because both the left wing and the right wing in El Salvador in El Salvador have been consistently failing people for decades. And it's just, you know, rampant corruption and accusations of graft and all kinds of like old boy type politics and insider type things. So and and to be fair, basically, since the Civil War in 70, whatever, uh, they they've had nonstop fucking violence. It's just been MS-13 and uh, whatever the other fucking one is just running the streets for for years and you know you you can't you can't go down to the grocery store and get a fucking uh carton of milk without risking being ransomed or or kidnapped or fucking something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so people are reasonably upset by this, like the average everyday people that just go to a job or run a shop or something like that. And Bukele, you know, new ideas has his has the answer, which is just throw everybody in prison. And we'll sort it out later. We'll sort them out later. <laughs> and, you know, like they, like he was, he was actually bragging when people were criticizing the like his policing. Which, by the way, all these cops in in El Salvador learned how to do this shit in the United States. Which is no, hey, you know what? The United States, Sean, don't be, don't be uh, a heathen. Uh, you need to be a patriot because we're number one. Yeah, we're number one in incarceration rates, and not just rates prison population as a total total. not even not even per not even per capita total (laughs) nobody even comes close china china with you know a billion and a half people (laughs) india (laughs) neither neither country comes close to how many people we have in prison the thing about 
about Bukele, the reason that he's even on the radar of of this podcast is that he got so fucking into crypto and you can you can go back and, and watch that episode or listen to that episode. They can't watch but anything. We were not live. That, you, you know what I meant? <laughs> I think, but the uh, uh, he Bukele had this again, the the, the millennial, the 42 year old guy uh, who's just the coolest and he's into the hot new things. He like the the new Argentinian president who is also into libertarian ideas. Javier Malay. It, Javier Malay is uh, right up in there into the libertarian trends, which includes crypto. And uh, Bukele has uh, created his uh, 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 platform, not only in fighting crime and corruption and that sort of a thing, but in cr- uh, making this the haven, making El Salvador the haven for the future of cryptocurrency by making a crypto city where Bitcoin city. Uh, Bitcoin city is powered by a volcano. I love all of this. It's like super villain shit. <laughs> the, I, I, it might seem kind of odd, but I want to take Bukele's side for a second, at least in motive, if not necessarily in results. So Bukele's Big public complaints. I don't. Who knows what he does? What he talks about on his own or behind closed doors? But his big public complaints, and you know about and and his and the reason for his supporting Bitcoin as a national currency in El Salvador, which it is, it's legal tender, is that he wants to get away from the World Economic Forum and from the IMF. Which is fair. And exactly. Because the IMF that's the are thing, motherfuckers. Like, and the World Bank specifically. This is where, like, uh, when we're talking about on, on an international level, this libertarian idea isn't totally crazy. It, it would be if you were dealing with an, with an, like, with a banking system, an international banking system that wasn't totally fucking corrupt. And it wasn't all about just trying to squeeze all the money it can out of every developing nation on the planet. But since that's what they, what El Salvador has been dealing with, he's been wanting to get away from it. He's been wanting to get away from IMF's, uh, you know, like just they're just endless the draconian number, loan restrictions, well, the endless loans, uh, and then all as soon as there's any kind of problem, then they they were like austerity measures. You have to do austerity measures. That's the only way it, to run a is, country is, is austerity it is, measures. It is neoliberalism on steroids. And so this 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 strident sort of individualism that Bukele is expressing for El Salvador's economy makes sense. And he saw Bitcoin as a way out, as a way to get away from the US dollar, as a way to get away from the IMF, as a way to get away from the World Bank. He he wanted to get away from, from all of that stuff because it's done nothing but destroy one country after the next. I mean, we you just, you just brought up Argentina. Look at the city. Which they pegged it to the US dollar and it fucked their economy as a direct consequence. You know, I mean, it's just like it's like just like when Greece uh, pegged their currency to the euro, it fucked their economy because their currency was not compatible with. I mean, it, it, the euro is basically the fucking German Deutschmark expanded to the rest of the well, world, especially That's with really the, yeah, is. especially after the after the UK left the EU, you know, then it's like there's nothing to take away from the Deutschmark. It's it's really the Deutschmark, and you know that's what it is. It's Germany's economy. That's, that's but, what the but everybody is. gets their cute little coin. Everybody gets their cute, just like the each of the fifty states. We got our own little thing, and 
in New Mexico, we had to wait for fucking eons until we got our own cute little design. Well, then, you know, they, on they, the, on the they staged that out about based on when different states got statehood. So we're, yeah. we're, we're yeah, kind of late know. to That's the game That's why we there. had to wait forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so on that, like in that respect, I think Bukele is not totally nuts for wanting to do this. But what he has done to address that problem is insane. He like he he pegged his economy to the most volatile thing you that you can imagine, which is this like totally whimsical currency that isn't isn't yeah. real beyond. It's even less real than than fiat currency, and that's what he decided yeah. he was going to base everything on. Yeah, it has not gone well. <laughs> it is it has not gone well, and and uh, he's promised he's promised uh, or at least his vice. I was listening to his vice president on. Um, uh, and I want to say NPR news news hour podcast talking about uh, the the upcoming election and uh, and he he, he was saying which is now the something, February fourth election that just passed which just passed and uh, he was saying something along the lines of of uh, how yeah they absolutely plan to and I may be conflating other articles that I'm writing that I that I read that that was written about him but he it's he was saying that. Uh, not only are they going to uh, keep going with the cryptocurrency thing, but they're going to double down on it. And, and what does that mean? they're going to expand. Uh, they're, they're basically going to expand their involvement and participation in the, in the Bitcoin city and, and, and where it kind of had a little bit of a lull there. Lull recently. being that in 2019, he announced it. And so far, no development has taken place whatsoever. <laughs> But the promise is that after the election, they're going to fucking dive back into that project full steam. Because he wasn't president before and didn't have a controlling uh, votes in the in the Constitution or in the congressional body. And he didn't have all the Supreme Court justices. Oh, wait, no, he and, had and all of those things and he still didn't make Bitcoin City. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when fucking Obama had that two years where he had a fucking super majority and both houses uh, of, yeah, of right. Congress. We're, we're waiting for more support for the happened. Affordable Care Act. <laughs> <laughs> but but with with Bukele, I think I think we can say that to me, one of the wildest parts about it that that seems it seem I have this cognitive cognitive dissonance about it, but I comprehend it, even though I don't like it. He's wildly popular by all independent polls that we can see sort of but sort of popular. I think there's some real questions about what his actual popularity has been versus this sort of swell of publicity around him. Because one of the things that Bukele has done since he has been in power has been to take over the congressional body, has been to take control of the Supreme Court by replacing justices. And so and he, but he hasn't just stopped there. They've also the, the he's also uh, created com like totally state controlled media and increased the the share of media that the state controls by by basically poaching talent from all of these different news organizations by doing ridiculous things like offering sometimes double or triple the salaries that they were they were receiving at the private company at the private media outlets that were yeah. not controlled by the government. Um, but then there's also been this really strong social media push to 
I mean, I don't, there's no other word for it other than like, like troll farms. That's what he's created. He's hired a bunch of, of 20 and 30 year olds. And he's just like, at first they were actually operating out of a government building, but then they got moved to just a house in a neighborhood. And their whole job (laughs) is to just create accounts on social media platforms and go harass journalists. And other politicians. <laughs> That's like the, the gorillas of the keyboard warriors. Absolutely, they are the gorilla key- keyboard warriors. They're out there in like in the jungle, just like <laughs> hacking it out, you know, like setting up landmines and booby traps for everybody. And that's their whole job is and like, and sometimes it's even to the extent that they fit, they, they actually uh, like issue threats to some of these people, like to politicians or to, uh, to journalists that, that we're going to come to your house. We're going to do something to you or your family. And this stuff has been, uh, has been, you know, sort of like, like kind of moderately policed by social media platforms and meta announced that they busted up some El Salvador based like botnet because that's another angle of this is just is just bots operating on social media, which are, you know, totally, you know, like non entities. It's just it's just uh, computers running yeah. people running accounts as if they're people. And, you know, that it busted up a botnet that had thousands of different accounts associated with it. And, but that's just the one that's been, you know, that was caught. And we know that Meta has is really sort of only focusing on this when journalists ask them if they're focusing on this. And other platforms don't even go that far. I mean, like nothing's happening on Twitter right now because Elon Musk could give a shit about any of that stuff. He, I mean, he just wants activity. That's all he wants to be able to show is that there's activity. He doesn't. There's no concern whatsoever whether it's real people or it's bots running around doing shit and reacting to people's posts. And if I've learned anything about TikTok from the recent congressional hearings, it's that Zhu, who uh, uh, is not from China uh, at all in any way and not associated with China in any way, is definitely part of the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, it is a Chinese owned (laughs) company, though. It is owned by Chinese nationals. You know, so that 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 Tom Cotton thing, it was it's absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Because you really, you're just waiting for him to say, so what, ex- what kind of Asian are you exactly? Like, that's what he, that's what Tom Cotton wanted to ask him. And he just, he caught himself right there and he just kept asking political questions, but he really wanted to know. It's like, but, but you're all the same, right? That, that's what he wanted to it ask. It was him. absolutely that Hank. It was that Hank Hill scene where, 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 uh, where they're friends. I'm low Asian. You're from the ocean. So are, so are you Japanese or are you Chinese? Because that's all, those are the only choices. <laughs> I, I don't think Tom Cotton even knew that Singapore existed before meeting that man. No, of course he or doesn't. He couldn't find it on the map that his life depended that on it. That it's largely majority Chinese. I don't think he knew any of that. <laughs> no, no. He, he just... He just wanted to say the Chinese Communist Party a bunch of times. And he, it sounded like f- uh, fucking Joseph McCarthy. I'm like, okay, your line is getting, uh, are you on, is there a writer's if, strike? If he actually knew is anything there a about Singapore, just- if he actually knew anything about Singapore, he'd probably fucking love it because it is really conservative there. Like really conservative in Singapore. And it is, it is very, very- I would imagine it, I, I would imagine for similar reasons that- uh, uh, the southernmost portion of Florida has a lot of conservative Cubans. It's the, uh, 
if Tom Cotton knew anything about Singapore, I, I, I think he'd want to move there or at least buy a house. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think I, I think I've squeezed all the juice out of uh, Bukele right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the main story. Let's hear from Eli himself. So the charges are that Caitlin and I pocketed $1.3 million. And I just want to come out and say that those uh, charges are true. So there's been $1.3 million that's been taken out of, I think it was a total of $3.4 million. But out of that $1.3, half a million dollars went to the IRS and a few hundred thousand dollars went to a home remodel that the Lord told us to do. And so I don't want to try to mince words or try to escape. And But I want to, if I can, just communicate to you heart to heart and tell you how we got here. And, and it wasn't just like we had a million dollars sitting there and we decided to go crazy with it. So how this whole thing started is the Lord told us uh, in 21 to walk away from our marketing company. And we have had a lot of success raising millions of dollars for different clients. And he said, I'm going to do a new thing. And then he took us into this cryptocurrency. It was a different cryptocurrency other than index coin at the time. Well, that cryptocurrency turned out to be a scam, to basically put it the, the best way I can describe it. And I said, Lord, I said, you told me to do this. Now there's people involved in this. What do you want me to do? And the Lord said, I want you to build this the way that it should be done. I think that's good. It, it wasn't. First of all, I hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to, I want to start off by saying the way that he talks about hearing from God. No, it, I want to see these transcripts. It sounds like he's got a direct line, and he's getting very oddly specific. He's getting very from specific God. financial advice from from the Lord. <laughs> like I want you I to want to see the transcripts. I, I want you to get Eli. involved in this coin, but it turns out that. But I, I want you to learn from getting scammed by this coin, so that you can do it right in my name. <laughs> I, I I think the best one of my favorite parts is that when he says it wasn't like we just went crazy with all the money. There's a story here. You know, it's like the Lord the Lord told us. You've been working hard. You deserve that new Viking range in your home rem- in your kitchen remodel. Yeah, your your wife works hard. She needs a new Range Rover. <laughs> it's treat yourself. God said, "Hey, here's a little money. Buy yourself something nice." <laughs> so the defendants, Eli Regala, ego. Eli Regalado and his wife, Caitlin, surprisingly of the same name, uh, were charged on January 16th by the Colorado Securities Commissioner of defrauding investors of over $3.2 million. The the initial complaint said over $3.2 million, and then they had a follow-up press release on on January 29th that specified about $3.4 million, which is more consistent with what he said in this video. Uh, I love it that he knows exactly how much they defrauded people for (laughs) the securities commissioner of Colorado had apparently better than the commissioner securities commissioner. They had to use forensic accounting to figure this out, but he's been keeping track of it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, you want to, you want to read this? 
Uh, oh, sure. This is from the January 18th press release from the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies. We know this is going to be juicy. According to the complaint filed by the Colorado Attorney General's Office, investigators from the Colorado Division of Securities found that from June 2022 to April 2023, Index Coin, that's INDX Coin, raised nearly $3.2 million from more than 300 individuals. The complaint alleges that Regalado targeted Christian communities in Denver and claimed that God told him directly that investors would become wealthy if they put money into Index Coin. The Regalados had no experience in cryptocurrency. They te- actually, he, it turns out he had, Eli Regalado had experience doing illegal shit. Did you know that he spent eight years in prison? Yeah. 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 So they might, he might not have <laughs> which, had, which I bring up a little bit later yeah. in, in, a, in a little video, but he might not have had experience with that. cryptocurrency, but he definitely had experience in scamming people. <laughs> Which was clear when a third-party auditor's report allegedly described their index coin code as unsafe, unsecure, and riddled with serious technical problems. That probably describes pretty much every cryptocurrency. Pretty much. Despite that report, the Regalados allegedly continued to promote the index coin as a low-risk, high-profit investment, which is never any cryptocurrency. It's it, All right, it's, so it's th- th- this is things. our PSA right here. Don't buy cryptocurrency. <laughs> That, that's it's it. Volatile. That's the end of the PSA. Just don't do it. Why would you do this? <laughs> Why would you do this? The complaint alleges <laughs> that in reality, the index coin was illiquid and practically worthless. Investors lost millions and defendants dissipated investor funds to support their lavish lifestyle. Dissipated investor funds is a very nice way of saying they just took it right out of the pot. <laughs> we allege that Mr. Let's go to Vegas, yeah. baby. Come on. <laughs> they did use it on vacation rentals. Oh, I know. <laughs> we allege that Mr. Regalado took advantage of the trust and faith of his own Christian community and that he peddled outlandish promises of wealth to them when he sold them essentially worthless cryptocurrencies, said Commissioner Chan. Quote, new coins and new exchanges are easy to create with open source code. We want to remind consumers to be very skeptical. Yeah, thanks for the reminder there, bud. <laughs> no shit. All right. So Eli obviously the congregation Caitlin, could have used that reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently. And I'll, Eli and Caitlin, they created the coin in Colorado. They they launched it on April 11th, 2023. So they were clearly, according to this complaint, taking investments as early as June 2022. But they launched on April 11th, 2023. So people were paying into this before there even was a coin to buy or an exchange to or buy it Or an exchange. In. Or an exchange. And what they created was Index Coin, spelled capital uh, I-N-D-X, and then lowercase coin, all as one word. And then uh, the exchange was the Kingdom Wealth Exchange. And they were both run by the Regalados. And they had no idea what they're doing at all. Uh, the 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 audit in the commissioner's complaint that where he's saying that uh, they 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 got checked out by some folks who said that it's totally insecure. That's the same audit that they were bragging about on April sixth, just before they launched in twenty twenty three. If this if this organization Hacken is worth anything, then they probably should have sued them for for the Regalados using their logo and claiming that they were were a secure yeah. platform on the front I mean, page of their website. I don't know if it website. would be defamation, but it would be like some kind of like 
related thing to defamation of some kind. Either way, uh, uh, this is this is from their Index Coin Twitter post on April 6, 2023. Breaking news: Index Coin has officially been proofed by Hacken, the toughest, most legit crypto audit in the world. And before we launch, we are so far ahead of 90% of the cryptos that have existed for years. That's so fucking not true. I mean, apparently, apparently. This is from the Washington Post. Despite having no prior experience in trading cryptocurrencies, Regalado said he was inspired to sell Index Coin because God is in the business of doing new things and breaking seals, and he did tell us to do this. I said, Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't have any experience in this industry. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to be caught up in something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like please god don't make me don't make me take all this money from these people <laughs> these poor people <laughs> and 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 to be when, clear once you hear where this is going that that all of his reservations sound really hollow <laughs> like what there's so well, fun once hollow. you get to once we like sort of catch up to real time as in like the shit that happened last weekend <laughs> <laughs> and the shit last weekend i had so many clips it was so hard to fucking choose there were gems on gems but we'll get to that they all right they they suddenly have this inspiration to launch crypto they launch it in spring of 2023 they have no experience they have no ex skills in the technology to speak of where is this coming from well I guess kind of related. They did have a marketing company that Eli started in 2013. That's called grace led marketing, so but it wasn't always called that. It, <laughs> it was, it was, it, it originally had another name, but, but no, 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 it was previously known as what? <clears throat> it was, <laughs> it was called mad hatter. Okay. It was the Mad Hatter agency. I'm not surprised by this at all because that name is terrible and that actually jives completely with what I was just going to say before, you know, when I was about to interrupt you. So I was looking at the, the uh, archived post on his Twitter profile and you know he has, he has a good number of followers, a hell of a lot more than me. I mean, something like, I don't know what he has right now, but back in 2017, he had about 11 and a half thousand. And it was in that time period, it was all marketing all the time. And he looked like just any one of these other marketing bros. It was all about, you know, productivity. It was all about networking. It was all about grow your audience. All this productivity porn. All, all I that, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he would have posted something about coffee enemas. I mean, you know, like what it was like back in 2017 with those marketing guys. That oh, like, I he do. was exactly like any one of them. He just wasn't somebody that I happened to ever encounter back then. And it was, but it was all the same stuff. It was exactly the same type of post. It was very enthusiastic. It was all very kind of, you know, like grind set mentality type stuff. And the fact that it was called like that, that it was called Mad Hatter, 
Like it makes perfect sense. And, and ever, you know, so there was like, there was some Jesus moment, how authentic that was, how desperate that was. I don't know, but it, you know, like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, and, and he, he does currently have a, a, a Twitter, which has 9,370. He has followers. lost 2000 followers since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> what Twitter account loses that many followers? I the one that is scamming people I, for crypto, I guess so. maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and of course his, his, the whole of his, uh, profile is, uh, some nondescript, presumably Caribbean, uh, beach. And he's on some kind of a, a yacht. It looks that like, is the same picture he has had since 2017. And, and then, uh, his, his bio says Jesus sewing kingdom. Yeah, that's changed. He doesn't use that anymore, or he didn't use that back then. <laughs> and and here's the best part. Get this. Get this. He retweeted uh, not that long ago. He retweeted a uh, or, or, or may, no, it, it wasn't his his account. It was the Index Coin account, I think. Uh, retweeted a some kind of a news article about um, uh, uh, Sam Bankman Freed being arrested for for fraud <laughs> and that was like a month ago or two months ago or something like that no irony none and uh so so uh their their company was called grace led marketing eli started it in 2013 according to the company website that's now non-existent but thanks to the magic of the internet archive we can read that in 2013, Eli Regalado, our founder and president, left his career as a business business consultant to start Mad Hatter Agency, a viral growth digital marketing agency that specialized in launching companies. Very quickly, Kickstarter became the launch platform of choice. Over the next five years, Mad Hatter Agency launched, launched hundreds of companies and even launched the world's best-selling crowdfunding marketing course. However, about two years ago, Eli began seeing a change in his business and his relationship with God developed. He stopped worrying about trying to get every little detail right and started resting in God's wisdom and God's grace for wisdom. The result? Mad Hatter went from raising an average of $100,000 to $400,000 per campaign to $1 million to $400,000 to $4 million to $1 million to $4 million, all in a matter of a few months. This is all thanks to God's grace. Because of him, each campaign we launch gets better and better. We know that not everyone will believe what we believe, and that is fine. However, we do believe you'll agree with our principles, which include integrity and influence. We lead by serving. Do your best with the resources you have available. Always give thanks. Treat others with the grace that God has given you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. This is the same empty, vacuous yeah. statement none of that, that means we were anything. talking about in the last episode. Yeah, none of that means anything. I mean, it's just, I, and it's also it's like every totally... marketing agency's website. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we, we pride ourselves on integrity, you know, like we're, we're, we're creativity <laughs> plus dedication equals success. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see more Reagan quotes. Trust, but verify. <laughs> in December of 2020, we changed our name from Mad Hatter Agency to Grace Led Marketing to reflect these values and to give thanks to God for blessing our clients and us so abundantly. I think he just found a new market. I mean, I know that's crazy cynical of me and sorry to the one Christian who listens to our show, but 
Yeah, that is, I, I don't buy it at all. I think that I don't he was looking at it. an increasingly, I, increasingly competitive marketplace of, of companies that he was, that he found himself up against and they decided they needed to niche down, which is the constant advice that all of these people always give to their clients. And his niche, he decided was going to be Christians and he rebranded everything to mat to, to match that. And it was Okay. It was it was about that exact same time. Well, it was it was within about a year or two of that that we're we're seeing him quitting the agency. So they change it to to this to this new name. Well, right, because he got a message God's from God and all the rest of it. Because he gets a message from God, <clears throat> and then not long after, it's he like gets the a message fuck, from God, his life is like the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Like he gets out of prison and he goes to save the penguin. <laughs> so, so then Eli and Caitlin quit the agency, get rid of it. And if their LinkedIn profile is in any remote way accurate for the company, they had at least above 11 employees and below 50. Uh, in, in something that I watched him say at some point, he, he did say that they had like, a dozen employees or something like that. That's like the, and that's like probably the most common size for a marketing company. You know, yeah. Like I, I, and I still work in that world and I deal with companies like that all the time. And yeah, it's like totally normal that a company could deal with a million dollar client. They don't make a million dollars off that client, but they deal with a client who has that much revenue, which is still considered to be a small business, a million dollars in revenue. And Honestly, a, a small, medium-sized bicycle shop would be dealing with a million dollars in assets in total in a year. So, you know, and, and I'm just talking about a little, little rinky-dink shop, right. uh, not even that they, that, not, not that they have that much profit, not even close, but that they may have that, you know, in terms of assets coming and going. Most of these companies that I work with are... I don't know. They have six to 12 employees. That's like, that's just a totally normal size of company. Yeah. Well, they go go ahead. I have nothing else. Uh, And it's, it's also kind of unclear how they dissolved it. Like he, they, he, he just vaguely alludes to, they just up and left. They, Jesus told them to, to leave their family and wives and, and and children and and their works and they got to go. You know, the, something <laughs> curious about this is the way you just said that he doesn't talk like that. He never says Jesus. It's always God or the Lord. He never says Jesus. He does that not say point. Jesus, and it makes me wonder about his particular brand of Christianity because, yeah, he doesn't talk like a lot of the evangelicals that we come across. A lot of them talk about Jesus. And he does not. I mean, it, uh, I mean, it, it reminds me uh, of of our uh, mo- most recent Indian contender in in or, or Hindu contender yeah. in like the way the Vivek the, talks. Pre- the Repu- Vivek, you'd think that he was a Christian, uh, but with the vagaries yep. of referencing God. Yeah, th- this guy, yeah, Eli Regalado is an interesting one. Well, either way, in 2021, according to Eli. He got a message from God that they need to quote try something different. Uh, what what the different thing is, who knows? And according to Eli, he didn't know either. Or Caitlin, 
God, God didn't say what. He just said, quit your job and wait. <laughs> wait for my next instructions. Like it's 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 like it's like some kind of uh, uh, handoff where where await <laughs> my next instructions. Right. <laughs> Go to the top of the parking garage, garage and await your next uh, await your next instruction. <laughs> and no cops, no cops. Right. I was just. It's basically a ransom note. <laughs> Well, I put all my dirty undies in here because the ringer must appear to have weight. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. So he started, he starts this online only church at about the same time, roughly 2021. As far as I can tell, it's unclear exactly when I, and uh, the, the way back machine doesn't give me a lot to work with. Because it just gives me the front page, uh, and the front page is the most unbelievably vague uh, 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 front page that I can imagine. It's like if you went on on the WordPress themes and selected a Christian front page website and didn't change a thing. That's exactly what you would get. Well, uh, the 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 church that he had is called Victorious Grace Victorious Grace Church. And while the Wayback Machine doesn't give me a whole lot more than the front page, we still nevertheless get one of his sermons on YouTube from a couple of weeks ago. And this is just a little snippet from that. He continues and says, the Lord is for me. I will not fear what can man do to me. And like I said, this is the first Bible verse that I ever memorized. The Lord is for you. And in uh, Hebrews, it says, the Lord is my helper. I think it's Hebrews 13, 6. It says, the Lord is my helper. Um, I will not fear. Why? Because God is for you. If you go through life thinking that God is mad at you, if you go through life thinking that God is against you, there, it, it's going to be a rough road. And I remember when I was uh, going to prison as a young man uh, for stealing sports cars, I <laughs> was going in and I knew I, I was supposed to be there. Like I knew this is what I deserved, but I was still reading this verse saying, despite all this, the Lord is for me. You the were, Lord is you for were me. supposed to be there because the judge said so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Suddenly, as if it was a miracle in 2023, he's getting this message from God. He needs to start a Chris stroke. Crypt, uh, crypto. <laughs> All right, cryptocurrency for Chris. It is a cryptocurrency. <laughs> it's a cryptocurrency. <laughs> but how is it for Christians? It, it, looking through all of the materials that I could look through, looking through what what things have not been uh, uh, totally deleted, and the things that I could still read, and what I could get from the Wayback Machine. The only thing that I can find that makes this have anything to do with God is that he targets Christians. That is the only correlation about this cor- this coin and and God and specifically Christians in the Denver area that are part of his online church and generally in 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 Colorado. And they they sold this coin for uh, they sold this coin to over 300 investors and i want to emphasize that term because that's the same term 
that the securities commissioner used. And it's a funky term for somebody buying coins, right? When you buy Bitcoin, you don't, I guess you could say you're an investor if you think of it as investing in a currency. They do. Uh, uh, well, yes, but if you, but, but it's not really investment in the sense of investing in shares, like you have a C corp or something like that, or even an S corp, maybe. Yeah, the la- the it's language not, is is confusing because you are you aren't buying shares of something. You're not buying a piece of something. You're you're buying a currency. The way that they like to describe it, at least. I mean, we we know the whole thing is more like playing roulette than anything else. But it is it's betting on a fucking horse. Yeah, they 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 treat it the same way as if as like currency traders, though. You're going to trade. That's what I was yeah, just going to say. Yeah, you're investing in Japanese yen, and you're going to sell it for dollars later on. Yeah, which also means that if you're investing in it as a currency basically against other currencies that that you could trade out on those currencies uh you have to you're betting on the volatility and the fluctuation of the currency in the first fucking place even if we're talking about legitimate currencies and then in the second place you have to be able to trade it for another currency to cash the fuck out and to make your money based on that speculation of whether or not it's going to be better or worse against another currency. I think Regalado forgot that part. I think he fucking did. <laughs> so th- there's th- over 300 people who are called investors and, and, and they're, and the Regalados are, are collecting, uh, I I'm just going to say 3.4 million bucks. There's different things that I read, but basically it's 3.4 million, uh, that he's collecting from the flock. I mean, this is a hell of a way to tithe. If you ask me that were these supposed to be shares in his company? Exactly. Because if you're buying a crypto coin, no, it's right? just a coin. And, and like they, like right? they describe, anybody can spin up one of these coins and call it whatever you want. I mean, they, generally they're called shit coins because they're worth nothing, but you can <laughs> yeah. come up with a branded coin and make it available in a marketplace if it gets accepted, or you can do the super slick thing like Eli Regalado and just create your own marketplace and then people can only buy it in one place. They can't buy it at any of the other uh, crypto exchanges. And then you have the you have all of them right there. You have the exchange and you have the coin, which is pretty much what FTX did. Yeah, which again I find it so funny. Again, it was like a month or two that ago. That was an exchange that they with their own coin, about- <laughs> <laughs> and they were taking the money and moving it other places. Yep. They spent $1.3 million on personal expenses. According to Eli, a half a million of that went to the IRS. And that means that they treated it as income. They actually reported it. (laughs) They reported it. But in order to report it, you have to consider it as income. That's the important part of this is if, if, if it wasn't treated as income, then he wouldn't be paying anything to the fucking IRS. He talked IRS. about it in that video. It was like that he was like, oh, well, you know, the Lord said you need to uh, you need to reap $100,000. And <laughs> and then one of the people who had invested $100,000 previously, the next day decided to increase the investment to $200,000. So we took that as to be a message from God. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, that was actually specifically the Range Rover message. That, that was the Range Rover message. <laughs> right. The, and, the, all right. And so the deep freeze the, came the way, later okay. and the absolute black granite countertops came after that. <laughs> okay. So to be clear, about a half million went to the IRS and the rest of that 1.3 went to a new Range a new Range Rover cosmetic dentistry house remodeling $200,000 of home remodeling <laughs> so, okay this so, is this has got to go down as one of the most obvious scams that has ever been perpetrated on anybody they didn't even have a good fucking shell company. There was nothing. Shit. There were no intermediaries. There were not. He was right when he said, I have no idea what I'm doing, God. Why are you making me do this? He really didn't know. He had no clue. <laughs> he had no, I, I mean, he ran this about as well as I would have because I don't have any you know idea. What? You know what? When, when I want to eat an entire pint of ice cream, I'm just going to go to the fridge and I'm going to start saying, God, Oh no, why are you making me open this whole pint and throw away the lid and then suddenly start spooning this into my face for the next half an hour while I watch Netflix? God, why are you making me do this? <laughs> so, all right, it it basically became a Ponzi scheme immediately. The 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 company they they don't make anything or do anything. So even if you are investing in this, whatever that fucking means even from that point of view there's nothing to invest in because there's nothing it there seems they like don't make it was anything. meant to be a ponzi scheme from the beginning from out of the gate and I, okay and, and the whole scheme is based on just talking to god and selling it to, to christians and saying hey uh, god wants you to buy this crypto coin uh, right god, god talked to me I in a dream last night and he told me he really wants you to buy this shit coin like, is it, is it a burning bush thing? Is that what's going on here? How does he get, is it a memo? Did he get the God email? What's going on here? Jules, I want to know, where are they now? What have they been doing <laughs> like in the past VH1. couple of days? Because <laughs> well, there was a hearing in if, Denver. If you've seen. There was a hearing in Denver seen, <laughs> where Eli Regalado was supposed to appear and deal with some of these charges. But what did he decide to do? If you've seen any of the VH1 Where Are They Now episodes, you know that it never ends well. <laughs> so they had that hearing. It was supposed to be on uh, January 29th was when the hearing was supposed to be. So they they made the charges 16th, supposed to be on the 29th. And honestly, uh, uh, let's even back up a little bit. By no, they launched April 11th. By November, this currency is crumbling. The whole scheme is falling apart in less than a year. This is from the Washington Post. So, uh, before I read the Washington Post part, the whole it, it, it fell apart in like the most classic savings and loan kind of way. It <laughs> fell apart because people put money in, but then they couldn't take it out. That was it. Yeah. That's all it took. It, it was it was like a Jimmy Stewart kind of bank run situation. That's why this <laughs> fell apart. It, it was there's there there's it, it was it fell apart and like that is the most absolute 
obvious way that one of these things could crumble because they didn't allow anybody to take money out of this kingdom exchange. They just allowed them to put it in. <laughs> and then they blamed it on the platform failing, on the developers, which is just classic. Like always blame the developers. That's your, that's your first stop. In a post in November announcing that the cryptocurrencies network and exchange were to remain offline, quote, for the time being, Regalado said the failure had taken a toll on his mental health. He suggested investors, quote, stop being ruled by mammon. <laughs> we get mammon again. We're always <laughs> coming back to mammon. As soon as, <laughs> what is it? As soon as you... <laughs> <laughs> if you want your money back that you gave me, it's because you're being ruled by mammon. <laughs> and quote, remove all negative talk from the community. That's because people were bitching on the boards, on the, uh, on the community board for this exchange, which he complained was being flooded with negative comments. <laughs> After the Colorado Securities Commissioner commissioner filed the complaint the regalados had a hearing set for january 29th and according to the department of regulatory agencies press release from that date during today's hearing the court ordered a preliminary injunction barring the defendants from selling securities pending trial so that means that their accounts are frozen the court also froze the couple's assets and issued an order of non-destruction of records yeah like anybody ever follows that yeah, don't don't put it in the shredder. As soon as, as soon as you get told to not destroy your records, yeah, the, the opening scene of Black Books, where where the protagonist is is going to his accountant, and his accountant says, "Did you hear that?" And then he gets a call, and he says, "Oh, okay, yes, very good." And then he starts shredding papers and goes out the window, and then the police come in the front door. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> Miss you, except going out the front door means jumping on a flight in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misuse of funds is a serious charge in this matter, said Commissioner Chan. We are really happy with the court's order today. Freezing assets will protect what's left in the accounts from further dissipation, and the injunction will stop the regalados from selling any more worthless coins. <laughs> so long story short. They had the hearing without them. Yeah. Because the Regalados did not show up. Now, in, in, in Eli Regalado's defense, he said he had a conflict in his calendar and he would not be able to appear. And that conflict, he's he's like Carmen Sandiego. We know where he last was spotted. Yeah. And where he was last spotted <laughs> happens to be Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So apparently before they totally froze his assets, unless he has another offshore account, he's getting a, a flight uh, to Zambia and giving a talk about crypto and Christ at a Christian conference. <laughs> and the whole time that he was talking, I don't know if it was the audio, but I could definitely hear applause when there were applause, but it sounded the whole time like he was bombing. He would use the term amen as a question. Like when a presenter is is not doing well and they'll say some kind of uh, interrogative, like, you understand what I mean? You hear me? He would just use amen in that way. And it was so fucking cringy because after everything that he would say, he would pause and wait for somebody to do something. 
and it was crickets. See, I don't think he understands the audience. This is something that was that's been talked about not too long ago, like a few episodes back on the Trillbillies. I'm pretty um, circumspect about the podcast that I'll that I'll boost on this show, but I have no problem talking about the ones that I that I really enjoy. And the guys in the Trillbillies were talking about a couple of weeks ago about how. Africa is the only place where Christianity is really being done properly now. And by properly, they mean that you have people walking around regularly who leading congregations who call themselves prophets. And you don't see that as much in the U.S. or in other places where people are, are practicing Christianity. But in Africa, there is no compunction against that. That like that that unabashed just sort of bravado of saying like absolutely I am a prophet you know like outside of the yeah. Mormon Church you don't get people calling themselves prophets very often and in Africa it is very common I think there's a I, I've I've watched a I've watched a fair share of videos of Christian services in Africa over the past few years just doing this show and because you know things come up it might not be worth talking about but it's worth knowing about. Yeah. And they are intense. These are strong believers. Intense. These are people that are willing to suspend every bit of disbelief. And so the approach that these 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 preachers take in Africa, the evangelical ones, not the Catholics. The approach that the evangelical preachers take in Africa is very different. I mean, you might even call it strident in the way that they approach their own faith. And the audiences are incredibly receptive to this. The, you know, the audience, yeah. it's a congregation, but it's an audience and they're incredibly receptive to that approach. They, that's what they want out of their Christian leaders. So it does not surprise me for a minute that if somebody says, amen, like it's a question that people are going to be like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like whatever, yeah. because they're used to hearing amen as a command and not, yeah. it's, it is not a question. They're like, why are you asking me? Amen. You're telling me, amen. While I was watching him. While I was watching him, I found myself oddly pining for Gredlock, <laughs> where where I was like, he he's a f motherfucker and just an awful, horrendous human. But, but he's a boy, goddamn firebrand, though. You know, like but he's a firebrand. <laughs> he can give a presentation. You know, he gets and up there, and he's jumping Eli around, and he's hopping, and you know, he's yelling about <laughs> Jesus and Satan, take trying to take the goddamn babies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eli makes you inspect your watch like you're trying to find it for defects before you take it to the jeweler. <laughs> I mean, it is it is not good presentation. He is terrible. So he. All right. No, so, you can just pause. I'll, I'm going to play the clip. It says, but if your eye is bad. What does it mean to have a bad eye? Sometimes in the United States, you know, people say, oh, that's bad. Like, that's cool. Right. Now listen, bad in Greek means full of labors and annoyances. Satan will try to trick you by putting labors and annoyances in your life. And what happens with most people is they sit there and they say, Oh, this, you know, this happened today and that happened today and this happened and that happened and it's full of labors and annoyances. And what the Lord has been teaching myself, I mean, I had, it was a 
miracle that He's I even so got here. I tell you what, canceled flights. I got on the plane. I got off the plane. Right? We get, we sat in the runway for an hour while they're fixing the plane. You know, I had to get two different hotel rooms on the way here. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And the Lord He's says, doing a Seinfeld routine. He's like, what is with the airplane? This food? is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Either made it or there, there, there it is. Amen. Amen. Let it. Your joy spring forth. That is called being single-eyed. You understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what does the devil come to see? The other guys before him are like jumping around your and joy. yelling, and they were so vibrant. This happened, right? Guess what happens to your strength? You keep your joy. You keep your strength. He's just so dull. He's so fucking boring. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. For he either, either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve. You can not serve both God and wealth. I need to take a short. So I, I, need to take I remember a short when I was getting the call done. to be a pastor. Yeah. I did not want to be a pastor because every pastor I knew was broke and sick. And I didn't want either in any one of those. I did not want to be broke and I did not want to be sick. And I listened to a minister on TV one time, my wife and I, his name's Jesse Duplantis, and he's from Louisiana. They talk real funny down there. And he says, you know, my wife and I tried broke, wasn't for us. <laughs> <laughs> so listen here. So God wants you to have money. God wants you to have things. Here it is. Because with money comes influence. But let me get this straight with you. Let me be single-eyed with you. He does not want money to have you. Who is walking who? Uh, in America, you have a lot of dogs as pets. And you can tell sometimes who the real master this is. This is just stream of consciousness at leash. Point. You might have a human on the leash, but many times... You have the dog walking the human. And that's what Satan wants to do with money. He wants to walk you. He wants you Look to get them. you to where you focus on it and worship it. And the Lord <laughs> says, so you be single-eyed with me. I think they're confused. You and line confused up with me and, uncomfortable. and my word and make my word your only focus and what I say, period, and I will bring the money. Let's, let's, let's put a bow on this. Let's bring it home. Bringing it home, what do we have with the regalados? Yeah, what have we learned? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think one of the things that we we have learned is that this is the worst version of the prosperity gospels that I've seen so far. 
he is the most boring preacher I have ever heard. I cannot believe anybody gave him money. Uh, let alone millions of dollars of money. And he had that church that was an online only church. It's so easy to make a church. It is so easy to make a physical in real life church. And you know how I know? Because they're on every other fucking corner in every city in this country. It makes me wonder why we aren't preaching the gospel of wet wired at this point. You know, it's funny you should say that. I've been kind of considering uh, some cults that you and I could make together. <laughs> I I have a few ideas that I'll you know, off air. I'll run past you because we can make a five hundred one c three. We can we can start selling merch and uh, create a whole mythos behind it because it's so easy to make a cult, but make a whole physical church. But if you don't even have to do that and you just set up a website. Well, well, I think yeah, I think the first off. step is we need to come up with our own cryptocurrency. I, <laughs> I, I thought that was done with. I thought like, oh, by of course it's not 2021 anymore. Nobody's doing cryptocurrency. No, the Christians are. So that's where we need to go. Yeah, that's if if there was ever uh well now now we've learned that that target uh may not necessarily be a good target because it it folds up in less than a year. But the big thing about crypto... As long as we can run away to Africa, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about crypto, to to put a bow on it, is that really we're, it's, it's made out to be some kind of an alternative to, to centralized state-controlled currency, which, as the fucking resident anarchist here... I'm on board with that idea in in principle, in general. I do kind of like that idea. I'd like to get rid of currency altogether, but while it's here, that that is a pretty appealing idea to me. Like you were talking about earlier with Bukele and why it's not such a bad idea to get away from fucking IMF and uh, these the World Bank and the rest of the lot. That's not bad. But the cryptocurrency is just Disney dollars. You can't fucking spend it anywhere realistically unless it's something that's specifically part of the whole sh libertarian shtick and they're setting it up specifically to be part of the libertarian shtick. And otherwise it's just fucking Disney dollars. And and you still have to you still have to exchange it out for what is otherwise accepted as legitimate currency. So it's nothing more than fucking betting on a horse. I mean, it's pretty clear that Regalado was what he was doing in Colorado was presenting his congregation with some kind of a with, with a Ponzi scheme. I mean, with, with a Ponzi scheme, he filled them up with these hopes that they were going to just it was going to go nowhere but up for for no reason, just because God told him it would. That's the message he passed along to them. And he managed to have a crowd of people following his words that were gullible enough to believe that. People who are willing to do no research whatsoever about the the performance of any of these shit coins and what's happened to them even two months after they were created. I mean, these coins are worth like a fraction of a cent, not even like a hundredth of a cent, but like a ten thousandth of a cent. And even if they were worth anything, you can't even fucking cash them out. Yeah, I'm, well, I, I have to I have to believe that that was by design. That there was never any plan to be able to withdraw money from the kingdom exchange. That, that <laughs> it was always planned on on like a roach motel where the money goes in, but it doesn't come out. The whole point of a currency is that you can buy shit with it 
and people accept the money. See, they weren't they weren't looking at it like a currency, though. See, but they're like, looking at it as, as as something an investment, like gold. That's like, why they're like, called like, that. like those midnight ads that you get on the History Channel, where they're, <laughs> they're trying to fucking sell old people gold, uh, and they get out their credit card, and all of a sudden, uh, their caretaker before they're any of the wiser can't get to them in time. <laughs> It's like an old lady with a home shopping network. Like, uh, like the best you can do is just block the channels. <laughs> no, Grandma. The prince in Zambia is not going to actually give you any money to hold for a while. Do not give him your bank account. You good? I'm good. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Wet Wired. If you'd like to listen to more episodes... We have every other episode as a premium episode. You don't even have to sign up forever. You can sign up for a week of a free subscription and uh, listen to our entire bat catalog and then unsubscribe if you want to. But I would encourage you to keep subscribing because it helps us keep these episodes ad free, editorial independent, edit Hold on. I, okay, so if everybody can hear... <laughs> the, the heater metronome is ke- trying to tell you to keep pace. You, we need a rhythmic flow to your speech. So if you can... If anybody else can has, has been hearing the clanking from the Russian mechanic in the background of my audio, it's because I, I live in what amounts to a Soviet studio apartment. Right, in, Jules is basically in Yugoslavia. <laughs> Like he's in a country that doesn't even exist anymore. It's the sketchiest apartment in all of downtown Seattle. (laughs) And, and our water heater just clanks and clanks just to, just to give me time. (laughs) Anyway, go to, go to patreon.com slash wet wired, sign up, help support us and keep this podcast going. Sean, where can they find us? Well, Jules, funny that you asked they can find us all over the place but mainly on twitter and instagram twitter and instagram we are at wetwired pod there's also a discord we'll include that link in the show description and otherwise uh, you might find us on blue sky you might find us on threads you know but the dependable ones are definitely going to be twitter and instagram until next time later skaters later be honored to switch places with your pastor. And I mean that. You know, and I came here to teach, I came here to, to give the word of God. And I can tell you, I may be teaching up here for just a little bit, but I am learning more from this man of God than I am bringing. I can guarantee you that. Ecclesiastes 10.19 says, Money is the answer to everything. Now this might contradict a lot of theology that many people have because most people say, well, God is the answer to everything. Amen? But here's God saying money is the answer to everything. So which is it? Is it God or is it money? We have to make a determination on what we are going to believe about money because if we don't and until we do make that determination about money, we will forever be a slave 
to money. So you have to understand this, that God wants to give you money. God does not want money to have you. He wants you to have money. And so money, when you trust the Lord and you are single-eyed, God uses money to answer the things in your life that are causing you to be full of labor and annoyances. It's an answer. That's what it means. That means when the bills call, guess what answers the bill? It is not prayer. You cannot tell your utility company, I will pray about paying you. We have tried that. It does not work. <laughs> it will buy you time though. <laughs> Amen. But it's, it's, God wants to give you the answer. He wants to give you the answer in everything. And he does that by giving you money and influence. Okay, so if we know that money answers everything, if we know that God wants you to have money, if we know that God has already blessed you in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, and has already given you everything, that means, ask yourself this, how much money is God actually going to give to you now? The answer is none. 